We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. He turns. He fires for the win. He's got the bucket at the buzzer. Weather back to Bibby. Has the open shot. Ladies and gentlemen, up on those feet, put those hands together. And we'll meet tonight starting five for your Sacramento Kings. Welcome to the Kings Beat Podcast. I am James Hamm, a Kings Insider for ESPN 1320 and the Kings Beat. Joining me, Fox. 40s. Sean Cunningham. Sean, what's going on? James, Brennan, uh, folks, hi. Thank you for joining us this evening. Um, I had a little bit of a fun night last night, and I think because of my work schedule today, I'm so glad we were able to do this tonight. But uh, if you haven't seen The Killers, I recommend it. Ooh, The Killers. Mm. That's right. That's right. You wearing your Rihanna shirt, loving it, living it I large. Did, yes. I love my it. Pajamas. Yeah. I got my pajamas going on. But, there we go. Uh, yeah, yeah. So The Killers, my first concert at Chase Center. So mm. it's a good time. Okay. Okay. And then, of course, uh, in addition to Mr. Cunningham, we have Brendan Nunez from the King's Pulse podcast. <laughs> Brendan, what's happening? It's, it's so I'm surprised that intro is here to stay. I, I'm not complaining, but. I uh, thought that we would go back to Sean being louder. I'm I'm happy to to stay on top for this one though. Like you said, I do really like Sean's graphic tee. In my mind, he has like some after he called them pajamas, some matching Rihanna pajama bottoms going on as well with her face all over it. Um, First of all, but- uh, no, it's 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 strictly no pants. I'm like Winnie the Pooh. Right <laughs> so it's not, um, not not doing that tonight. He's doing the full poo. He, he's gone full poo and piglet, I if you will. I tease. I tease. Amazing. How are, how are you doing, though, James? Post uh, I'm good. I'm glad we're doing a live show where Sean drops that he's not wearing pants. Yeah. Um, yeah. For the premium content. Uh, just, just don't stand up there, Sean, and we'll be A-OK. Uh, it was one of the dudes on CNN did that, right? Oh, no, he, he did worse. Yeah, that yeah, was much worse. worse. Yeah, Jeffrey that was much Tubin. worse. Yeah, and yeah. not not good. No, no it's, good. Uh, it, it, we're not joined by a ghost of James. This is actually James, right? He's with us. Yeah. Did not, yeah, this is great. Okay. No, I survived. So yeah, I had. Survive. Good, good, good. Yeah, I had surgery uh, last uh, last Thursday. Uh, very uncomfortable, and I, I people don't like hearing about. I don't. Whatever. Like some people are like, oh, oh okay, I get someone it. Someone commented. But, 
Um, oh, I think it was on D'Lo and KC. We were talking about it. Um, yeah, they, they ran a wire all the way up my leg and oh. on the, on the inside, not fun. Uh, Good morning. yeah. So, uh, everything's going okay. Yeah. I had to wear a bandage all weekend, which of course, uh, you know, I have stairs. So it like destroyed the skin on the back of my knees bunching up. And so that's more painful than anything else. But I, I went for my first walk today and, uh, you know, I got in like three and a half miles. So yeah, I'm good. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm back. I'm ready Jesus, to roll. Man. Yeah. Three and a half miles isn't nothing. So must be feeling all right. Yeah. Um, is yeah, it scabby? It, it's not, it's not bad. No, 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 no. I'm okay. good. No, no, there was no like major open wound. They did everything through like mm-hmm. a port. Yeah. They shoved a giant needle in and then uh yeah ran a wire through the needle oh yeah it's good stuff welcome listener yeah listeners uh okay so we are doing a live show tonight so if you're listening um i don't know either late wednesday night or early thursday uh we are doing a live show so we're gonna take a bunch of questions and we're gonna interact with the audience a little bit we already have uh we're pushing close to 100 people already in here and that's fun and we hope to uh interact I'm sure DB will be in here making weird comments towards Sean to make Sean feel slightly uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, it, it gets a, it gets a little dicey here in the in the questions, but uh, uh, you can watch us right now. You can stream us on on the YouTube. Um, if you are right now streaming us on YouTube, give us a thumbs up. Make sure if you're uh, new to the King's Beat, give us a uh, subscription. Uh, we're up to like we're well over two thousand. Oh, there's DB saying I'm here. <laughs> There he is. He is here. He is here. He is here. Present and accounted for. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, we got a lot going on. Uh, we're doing a Wednesday night pod again this week um, because uh, life has been chaotic uh, for everyone involved. And um, to be honest, the dog days of summer. And I can't sit for too many hours uh, just because of my leg right now. Um, so I'm not supposed to sit for elongated sessions. Uh, so we're going to do... <laughs> Um, a quick pod on Wednesday, and then uh, tomorrow is uh, the most spectacular of events. If you are, again, watching on YouTube and you are not a premium subscriber to The King's Beat, you need to go down in the description and click premium subscription to The King's Beat and sign up because on Thursday from 530 to 730, we have the Off the Record with The King's Beat Virtual Happy Hour Part 8, Let's Get Physical with pete youngman uh phenomenal name uh yeah you like that um i I enjoy the long long names on on the uh the off the record with the king's beat virtual happy hours you don't say yeah i I just keep making (laughs) uh, they're spectacular i i I think it's awesome um yeah so uh pete the trainer is going to come on he's going to talk about all kinds of things um but you know specifically we're going to have some topics about the late great pete carrill um we'll have some discussions on the glory years of the sacramento kings um you know i I don't know maybe we'll talk g league a little bit but that's sort of a touchy subject that he can't talk a lot about uh just because he's not part of the pr wing of the ignite team but uh those who are not lucky enough to know pete youngman um he is a spectacular dude and a great storyteller and i think that's going to be one of those happy hours that you don't want to miss we do not record the happy hours. They are off the record. They do not get recorded. Uh, I drink. Brennan drinks, uh, although he might be put on a one-drink limit. Uh, Sean Sean drinks. Um, 
you know, and maybe maybe Pete Youngman will drink. You quietly drink, I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> so so make sure to jump on board of the King's Beat and uh, sign up for premium subscription, and you'll get the the email link tomorrow to the Zoom, and and it's super fun. Um, no, Brennan's not old enough to drink. Thank you, uh, Devin yeah, too bad. Hestad here. And, uh, yeah, Brennan is not old enough to drink. Um, that's why we don't, juice, that's why we don't put out the box. recordings. That's right. That's right. Okay. So let's get to it, gentlemen. We got, uh, plenty to discuss. Uh, I think Sean was worried we wouldn't have enough to discuss, but I was, um, just before we jumped on, um, we had breaking news that, uh, the Los Angeles Lakers have traded Taylor and Horton Tucker and Stanley Johnson to the Utah Jazz for Patrick Beverly. To me, this is a huge move that that marks two things. Number one, it is the Lakers improving, and number two, it is the beginning of the end of the Utah Jazz. Uh, thoughts? I feel like Donovan Mitchell is just like Will Smith in in the in the living room, where he's just seeing everyone left him. And now he's just surrounded. Rather than being surrounded by emptiness, he's surrounded by a bunch of young guys. <laughs> just uh, it, it's very clear what direction they're going. And, and then you have a report today that like Danny Ainge has two teams with deals that he likes. Okay, like I don't know really what to do with that. He has but, two mystery teams. They're in his yeah, back I mean, pocket. It's look, yeah. I mean, <laughs> as as the baby daddy in here on the on the on the on the chat says. Bye-bye, Spida. I mean, that, that's exactly what it feels like. And so uh, I like the addition for the Lakers. Uh, I, I, you know, I think they could have used some more shooting and, you know, whatever. But uh, it's uh, going to be fun to see Pat Bev with Russell Westbrook and LeBron James and all these guys. I kinda, I kinda, I'm kind of here for it. So, there, I mean, there's no way Russ stays, right? Like, you know, Russ had that whole – Pat Bev really tricked y'all that he's playing defense out there. He's really just running around. Like, of all the relationships in the league, like, quite a pairing. Yeah, I, in my mind, this is kind of Russ on his way out, which was already somewhat expected, no? Move over, Bobby and Toby. Here comes Pat Bev and <laughs> Russell Westbrook. I, I love it. We have to come up with a name for it. Um, yeah, yeah. Russ, uh, Russ Bev? I don't know. It, we'll, it, we'll come up it with might not be a thing you know there's a lot of the one floating around a lot is russell westbrook and two first for buddy healed miles turner i don't know how indiana would feel from their point of view the the lakers firsts are pretty far out and it's only one year of westbrook like maybe that's a possibility um i think the funniest part of this to me to be honest is that like taylor horton tucker was so talked up and then in the end he gets moved for one year of Patrick Beverly. And this guy was talked about like he was untouchable a year or two ago. This reminds me of like the New York Yankees. Every time we get to trade season, everyone, oh my gosh, the Yankees have this prospect and this prospect and this prospect. And then either they don't trade any of the good ones or anyone they do trade never amounts to anything and you never hear from them ever again. So it's almost like they've been promoting THT like so much, like he's something. And he's a guy that they overpaid and has a negative contract, and it's short, and that's why Utah is willing to do this. I mean, is he going to play? Is he going to look really good with no one else around him if they complete the rest of the trades? Maybe. I mean, is this like Stanley Johnson's like opportunity to shine? Um, I, I would just point to the thing that 
uh, that I really do look at the the Lakers team, and they got better today, but they also have the potential to get much better again, which is not something I think the Kings fans want to see. Like you do not want them to go trade Russell Westbrook for Buddy Heald and uh, and Evan and Miles Turner. That would make them a much better team than they are right now, especially once you add Patrick Beverly. So yeah, I, I think it's interesting, but. I think this kind of, you know, sort of the Wednesday overreactions. You know, like, I, you I know, think this makes the Lakers a better team. Yeah, no, I, I think it does. And I like the, so we go back to the names here with Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook and one of the best commenter names that I've seen in this chat, nah, <laughs> N-A-H. Uh, Bev and the Brody, I think you switch it. I think it's got to be Brody and the Bev. Oh. Right? Brody and the Bev. I kind of like that one. But no, uh, nah, like, like I said, it's like, they're 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 slightly more interesting. It's a little bit like. How about Bev little, Brook? Someone else had that. Yeah, Devin had that. Oh, I didn't see I that. I think uh, I th- I think like they're interesting, and I feel like in a chaotic kind of way, like they could be. You know, remember when when the Kings got you know Rondo and they had come to Marcus Cousins, and they're talking about the Suicide Squad and all this stuff, and like <laughs> I kind of feel like this could be the most. Mm, Maybe the most oh, no. version of that. What happened? Shill, that happened? that's spectacular. Spectacular. The, the prick, prick in the brick. The brick. <laughs> <laughs> that that's good stuff. We'll we'll send uh, that one in. We'll send that one into the the four letter network and see if they take it and put it out there. Yeah. That's great, man. That that's is great. good stuff. Um what's next? I need to speak up. Do I need to speak up? No, you're okay. I don't I thought I, don't. I was all right. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, like what's next? Like, do you think that there is another big move right here? And does this all stem from the is this chaos? A big move? Is this a big oh, move? Oh, I don't think it's a tremendous move, but I, I think it's definitely a move that, that improves a, a Lakers team that I thought was pretty rudderless. You know, like, all of a sudden, they they have a little bit more depth. They have a little bit more talent. They have a veteran who makes the playoffs every single year and brings a personality. Yeah. It's interesting for sure, but I just I wonder if how big like it does this make him incrementally better? I don't I don't think so. Better, they have, maybe. They have a starting point guard think, now. Yeah, but I mean I get that, but I also but LeBron James also handles the ball a lot. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah, I I kind of wonder if um, you, you know again I felt like they really needed shooting, and you know Pat Beverly doesn't really you know obviously does it with defense phenomenal great ball handler you know whatever but um i don't know man i don't know i don't know if it, like in terms of wins and losses you make this move what's it equate to if it, if it equates to like five wins that's fantastic right like that's that's big but i don't i don't know if i can see how this equates in a big way for wins and losses they're definitely more interesting hmm. maybe that Brian, what do you got i think that pat bev is somebody that like winning teams and, and playoff teams I, I think that he brings a lot of value just intangibly like obviously his defense and his like infectious energy I, I think he does a solid job of playing off ball on offense and is kind of used to that not a phenomenal shooter but also not bad from beyond the arc in my mind to me I think of this as a big move less in the context of the Lakers roster and more of okay Kevin Durant is off the table now let's get this going a little bit and maybe this will be one of the first couple moves that we see kind of the second part of what feels like this offseason do you guys think that we're gonna see more 
Hmm. Well, I mean, I, I, I yeah. think the reason I pose it that way too is like I, I'm, I could be in the minority. I, if I'm a betting man, I think the best days of Pat Beverly are behind him, and I super question if he can be a player he was even two years ago. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't. Again, and I'm not saying they gave up a lot for him. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not saying that they. You know, this is a trade that I wouldn't have done. Of course, I would have done it, but. I, I just also wonder if, if it was the right move for them to make. Did they need to make a move like this when they probably should have prioritized shooting a little bit? I, that's the part I just scratch my head a little bit. Yeah, I, I'm I'm higher on Pat Bev than most. I mean, the dude put up 2.3 uh, offensive and 1.7 defensive win shares last year, 4.1 win shares. And if you put him on the Kings, I don't really want to tell you guys what that would be on the Kings. <laughs> It'd be huge. <laughs> yeah, his offensive rating was 119. His defensive rating was 111 per basketball reference, 118 and 110 last year. Um, and let's not, uh, you know, ignore the fact that he just helped the Minnesota Timberwolves snap a long playoff drought. And what have they been to the playoffs like once in the last 20 something years? And uh, he helped them get there. And then, of course, they, they melted down. But um, I think he's a solid player. <laughs> I, you know. <laughs> Oh, this chat, man. This is chat has me dying. Yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so settle yeah, down, I, settle I, down. <laughs> ooh, there's Lance Fletcher coming in with uh, mm. uh, Sean and James uh, homework assignment for Brendan uh, to watch Rounders. Uh, Rounders yeah, would damn. be a good one for. And someone said earlier uh, the Road to Perdition, which is a oh, phenomenal well. movie. Phenomenal movie, which I doubt Brendan has watched. He definitely hasn't even heard of that movie. Never heard of either one. Okay. Oh, oh, Rounders. You've never heard of Rounders? Oh. Uh-uh. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, it's Matt I'll Damon. I'll add it to the list. Yeah, Matt. I still what have Godfather put, up next. I'm going to ask Lance a question. Would you? And, and look, they're not like the same like movie theme, but would you put, if you had to pick one, would you put Rounders or would you go Boiler Room? Because I might lean more Boiler Room. Oh, I like Rounders better. Do you? Yeah, I like Rounders better. All right. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, Brennan has no <laughs> idea what we're talking about. <laughs> Brennan has no idea. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, what's his name? Uh, well, Matt Damon, and uh, but John Malkovich is incredible in Rounders. Oh, that's a good scene. Oh, man, yeah. that's a good scene. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff with, with him in that movie. Have you guys ever seen a, a Bug's Life, possibly? Here we yes. Are. Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. Of course. Of course, Brendan. I have children. Well, I, I had children. They're no longer children. They're more like adults and young adults. Yeah. Just like <laughs> me. It's perfect. Yeah, there we go. Um, okay, so, like, look, we did have the the big news today, which is the, what was it today or was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday, um, that Kevin Durant is staying in in Brooklyn. Is this, okay, first of all, We'll get to the fact that it, it seems to have kicked off what is going to be like the second version of the 2020 offseason, which has realistically been really crappy. Like there's been nothing going on. There hasn't been a lot of players switching teams. It's not a great offseason in general. I mean, Rudy Gobert might be the biggest acquisition of, of the offseason. But I don't know. I, I guess does this tarnish his legacy at all? The Kevin Durant situation where – like, he literally asked for his coach and GM to be fired, and all of a sudden they have this kumbaya moment, and they're back together, and, like, what is happening here? I don't think it tarnishes the legacy at all, because 
nothing happened. You know, at the end of the day, nothing's happened yet, right? Like, if they all go back and play another season, everything's fine. What happens next year or maybe later this year, who knows? That remains to be seen. But so far, so good. Like, you know, you see how the sausage is made here, and it, it's not pretty. But at the end of the day, it's kind of like we speculated. Like, how do you trade Kevin Durant when you've got four years team control? It's He's not going to sit out. He's not going to sit out and waste his prime. Um, that would have, as we talked about a couple podcasts ago, like that would rank among one of the most crazy moves ever, even though he does make more money outside of basketball just with his shoe contract alone. But he's he's such a hooper. Like this guy loves basketball. He's not going to, this guy's not going to waste years. So the, the thought that Sean Marks and or Steve Nash would be gone before Kevin Durant, we would have all bet that that still may come to fruition, but mm-hmm. uh, I think you know they have such a small sample size, man. I mean, they haven't even had Ben Simmons on the court. They have such a small sample size, and and, and I think we talked about it a few weeks ago. Like, you look at what Sean Marks has done and the the talent he's been able to move to 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 put things together. Like, that's really pretty impressive. I know it hasn't equated to wins and losses, but just moving those pieces alone and how difficult that can be really kind of it it hasn't worked right it hasn't worked but there's circumstances there and i think that even kevin durant will recognize and and hopefully cooler heads prevailed and maybe it's you give it a year and you reassess you know but you're still gonna you give it a year you're still gonna have three years of team control left and that's still a lot for a top five player in this league and arguably one of the top two hmm. I refuse to think that this tarnishes his legacy. Like, I I mean, look at Kawhi Leonard, right? Held out from the San Antonio Spurs, or was injured, and then gets traded to the Toronto Raptors, wins a championship. Doesn't really get talked about anymore. Anthony Davis, pretty petty on his way out of New Orleans, graphic t-shirts and all, and goes on to win a championship. I think his legacy is just fine. Like, in my mind, to Sean's point, like, Brooklyn's roster is pretty good in my mind. I'm a Ben Simmons believer, especially when you're surrounding him with shooting, like Kevin Durant, if Kyrie Irving is still there, Joe Harris, Seth Curry, Patty Mills, like Royce O'Neal, who they traded a first-round pick for before all this drama went down. Like, I still think that Kevin Durant is one of the maybe three to five best players in the league, and on in the right year he's the best player in the league and I, I think just continued success unless his career goes on some crazy downward trajectory from here which I would be shocked I, I don't really see how this tarnishes his legacy in my mind where are you at James well he's he's 34 and he's coming off an Achilles injury and he last year was his first full season back so like he is gonna be like a bro like he's a, Kevin a Durant <laughs> well yeah and, and until Kobe Bryant, like, was Kobe, I, I, there came a time where Kobe Bryant was no longer Kobe Bryant on the floor at like 35, 36, when his whole body started falling apart, shoulder, uh, you know, Achilles, everything. I mean, like, your body does fall fall apart. The one guy that doesn't seem to worry about, like, father time just, like, gives him a straight arm is LeBron. Uh, but even him, you know, you can say that he's lost a step, especially on the defensive end. I don't know. Like, do I think it, I, I think that, his legacy was already like slightly odd and i don't really care about the whole 
you know, like, did he go chase rings or what the whole deal was with the, the Warriors and everything else, like, why he left there or why he went there in the first place. But at the same time, like, look, this is a guy who, who basically said, like, stop hanging out with your friends or I'm not going to or I'm going to break up with you. And then, like, had to take it back. Like, that's he like, that's what happened. He, he literally tried to coach kill and GM kill his coach and GM. Like, he tried to run them out of the building. Not the like, first so, guy. Wait, is he the first guy that you saw that, that went this far and then it didn't happen? And he, like, had to break bread and go back? And, like, my bad. Sorry. I You know, I, I, I'm wrong. So, and again, I, I like Kevin Durant. I do. Like, I, I, like, covered him plenty of times, especially during the playoffs uh, when he was, you know, with the Warriors and when he was with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, but it, to me, this one just feels like really weird. And it's funny because it, if you've met him or if you've listened to him talk enough, it just seems counter to his personality to be like this far out there. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's intriguing. Uh, that that's to say the least. I mean, to me, uh, we'll see what happens. Will they what be you, any better? I don't know. What, what do you guys think goes on with Kyrie? Do you think it's inevitable that he's moved on from or? What do you think goes on there? I think at this point they they just want to see it through. They want to see at least what trade deadline, get to trade deadline, you know, get the buy-in from Kyrie. I think it's going to take that to make KD happy if he's going to, you know, sing kumbaya with all these guys. Um, get Ben Simmons on the floor, let let KD do what he does, and and then you kind of reassess. Maybe get get a sample size for yourself and and I think that's probably what they sold Rich Kleiman and his agent. That's Kevin Durant's agent and and KD on is to is to let's see what this looks like before we push the panic button. And if we get to a point where KD loses faith, um, you know, then decisions can be made. You know, they're still going to bet on the talent overall. And as we talked about, James, like you're going to bet on KD over the likes of Steve Nash and <laughs> and and Sean Marks in this regard. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the bigger problems. Steve Nash has never shown that you know, he's the guy or he hasn't yet as a coach. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, look over there in the chat says, and what does that mean for the Kings? Well, I think this whole thing, the reason why we're having this discussion is because like, this was the, the linchpin. This was the thing that was kind of holding up everything. And I think this is going to be that moment where in the next like two weeks, we are going to see some late movement and we might see, we might see a trade. We might see the Kings jump in on a three-team deal and and be a mover and shaker. I don't think it's guaranteed, um, but at this point, I think the fact that 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 situation is over and dealt with, at least for now, it does kind of like reignite what's going to happen around the league. Is Donovan Mitchell going to get traded? Uh, like, are the Utah Jazz going to make other moves? Is there someone else on that roster that you can look at and circle and say, hey? You know, the, he would look good in a Kings uniform. Can you go get him for some expiring contracts and two or three second-round picks, which the Kings have, like, a stack hanging out? So do you guys think this will, like, sort of start the the motion again of, you know, trades and transactions? I mean, I don't know that it'll happen instantly, but I think there were probably people waiting for this domino to fall. I, I think that probably people are still waiting for the Donovan Mitchell 
domino to fall as well, though, um, and, and kind of waiting to see what happens there. And like you're saying, maybe Sacramento or other teams are, are trying to get in on a deal as if he goes to New York, for example, and trying to get some pieces from Utah or, or New York side as well. So I, I think it does open up the possibility for more moves. I just don't know that like we're going to see them in quick succession or anything like that. But we already yeah, saw I, one. Right. Yeah. But it wasn't like I don't think any of those pieces would have been tied to anything KD related or anything like that. Like I, oh, I would, I, I would think that you the think Lakers, so? the Lakers were waiting to see what was going to happen with Kyrie, and once you realize that Durant and Kyrie are staying together, then okay, it's time to move on. You know. Yeah, yeah, and and that's fair. That's fair. I can see that. But I mean, getting Patrick Beverly's not Kyrie. You know. I mean. I feel like if it's going to cost you some, it's going to cost you more to def, obviously more to get Kyrie Irving. So I don't feel like this is them settling for third or fourth place in that regard. It's more like, I mean, Hey, if, if in the event Kyrie becomes available, I still think there'll be a player for Kyrie Irving. So like them making this move doesn't take them out of that equation. It's, it's literally Brooklyn that did. So um, I just don't think anything was really tangible there. You know, at the end of the day, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to move someone like Kyrie, and if you just look at what Brooklyn's doing, like they've made all these moves. You know, they've they, they've made all these moves to compete, and if you get the buy-in from Kyrie Irving, and I know that's a big if, but as long as you have KD and KD is going to be the Kyrie whisperer, if you will, then you 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 want to see what it looks like. You know, I think it just all comes down to neither one of those guys were going to get moved because. Look at Rudy Gobert. God, I mean that 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 that's just one of those transactions that just kind of clogs the league because everyone expects then people that are better than Rudy Gobert who have team control, you know X Y and Z things we've talked about. Like that's that's going to have a huge impact on the league, and making a move like that is going to be very very difficult to get more than what Minnesota got for Rudy Gobert. Yeah, if you're looking at the Jazz team, and, like, again, I, I think this sort of... We already knew that, like, the white flag was out there, but this is, like, where it gets, like, run up the flagpole, and all of a sudden it's like, ooh, yeah, th- this this is happening now. Um, who... Is there anyone on that team that you guys would, like, hey, uh, if I'm the Kings, like, go scavenge and, and go get, uh, you know, go get a Jordan Clarkson, which I Jared don't think Vanderbilt. they... Uh, go get a Jared Vanderbilt. Go get uh, Malik Beasley. Go get uh, Bojan Bogdanovic. Bojan Bogdanovic is going to be a little difficult because that would require them taking back uh, Rashawn Holmes, and I don't think that's going to happen. Um, that's kind of the only way you could get Bojan unless you did a a swap for Harrison Barnes. And as far as like skill level, you're getting a little older, and um, you're getting a player that's like similar skill level. I don't think that you would make that swap just because of what Harrison means to the the franchise but uh is there anyone else on that team that you guys would go after i think it's tough considering you have harrison barnes and i just don't think that that's an appealing piece for utah at this juncture and based on the moves they've made and like if you're utah why do you want rashawn holmes no disrespect but like again you're you're trying to sell off parts at this point so i just don't see that as making the most sense for them yeah, I mean, I mentioned Vanderbilt. That's someone that 
interests me. I, I like guys like Nikhil Alexander Walker, but it's hard to exactly see how he fits in in Sacramento's potential rotation with all the two guards that they kind of have currently. You know, is like Jared Butler interesting? Is somebody that you have as your third guard that you maybe slowly work up? Like, I guess guys like that, you mentioned Bogdanovich, like, sure, that's interesting. But for the reasons you guys pointed out, it's hard to figure out matching salary that I I think would be intriguing from Utah's point of view. So I think it makes it tricky. But the guys that stand out to me are maybe sort of later rotation younger guys like Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Jared Vanderbilt. Jared Butler, like, does Leandro Barmero do anything for you? And all of these guys, like, I don't know how much of a difference they make going into next year anyways. Yeah, I don't think you're jumping in for that. Uh, I definitely, I mean, if there was a way to get Bojan Bogdanovic, like, if there is a three-team deal and somehow you get him without losing Harrison Barnes, I think the Kings would would look at that very hard. Uh, Like, he's a guy that, like, if he was your backup 3-4, you know you're going to get plenty of production and plenty of scoring, and sure, he'll struggle on the defensive end, which, you know, of course, his team always seems to struggle on the defensive end. Um, But he's a guy that I definitely, like, would circle and say, yeah, I mean, he makes a lot of sense. I I think before you got Malik Monk, uh, you know, chasing Jordan Clarkson would have made a lot of sense. Um, But you you have Malik Monk, and he's much cheaper. Uh, So, yeah, I'm kind of of the opinion, like you guys, that I think it would be very difficult to see like the Kings getting in on, on the jazz dismantle, but that doesn't mean I don't think that they could be a third part. Like if, again, if Utah wants to, if they don't want a player from the Knicks, but the Kings are interested in that player, I think you could see a three team deal where, you know, they would take on a player who's on expiring contracts, whether that's Barnes or it's, you know, a stack of players like Alex Lynn and, uh, Trey Lyles, Terrence Davis, you know, that, that grouping of players. Um, but overall, I just, I think it's a hard mix. Like you, you would have to be a third team. I don't think you, you deal with Utah straight up, just in my opinion. No, it makes sense. And it's, you know, tough to find spots, I think specifically for Rashawn Holmes in my mind, I, I think a lot of the issues you run into with Holmes, like I, I was just talking to in my off season preview, somebody that covers Boston today. And it's like, Grant Williams and Gallinari, which would take a, you know, you'd have to wait a little while because Gallinari just signed. Like, oh, was that interesting for Rashawn Holmes? Because Celtic center rotation is kind of injury prone. Um, so for some reassurance, and it's like, well, how much better is he than, say, Montrez Harrell, who's still available in free agency? Like, I, I think that this is the issue that you run into with Holmes is that, yeah, I, I think that he's good. I think that he's worth the contract that he's on but more often than not I think teams are going to be able to look and it's like well I I think that we can get a cheaper center option that fills sort of the same needs Um, and and then Harrison on the other end being expiring it'll be interesting to kind of see what his value is so for Sacramento to try and get involved I I think is those guys' value I'm kind of as I'm trying to figure out potential places they can land is more tricky than I initially thought yeah Montrose Herald Sorry, is like Montrez Harrell is out there like he, he got caught like driving with like three and a half pounds of weed or something like he's he's facing some charges I don't know what that means for this season but I think a lot of teams are waiting to see how his his court cases clear up um yeah it's just kind of interesting what's gonna happen there I mean you brought him up and and to be honest I think Rashawn Holmes would be perfect in Boston because he plays a very similar style to Robert Williams and Robert Williams can't stay healthy unfortunately and so I think it would actually be pretty solid there. Oh, yeah. And I also think, you know, when in making some of these moves, I feel like 
any move they make would be for a player that's going to be part of the primary rotation uh, for the most part. I, th- I mean, there's obviously things you can identify for cap reasons and just to kind of maybe clear some people off of your team to provide opportunity deeper in your roster, sure. But I, I truly feel that any pick, any trade that they're trying to do, in at least in the immediate future, uh, maybe even as close as to, all the way down to February, uh, when the trade deadline is, I feel like they're gonna they would that move would be uh, to make something to where it's impacting the primary rotation. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Even like if you talk about like the Jared Vanderbilt thing, like could you get Jared Vanderbilt for like a Trey Lyles and and a couple of second round picks? Maybe. Like there's a possibility of that. They're probably gonna go young with him though, and and keep him in the rotation for the next couple of years. That just kind of makes more sense, and he's cheap. Um, yeah, but I definitely think that there, there is still going to be some movement we're going to see here in the next couple of weeks. I, I don't know if the Kings will be involved at, at this point. You know, they're at 20, and I think that they're pretty convinced that that 20 is who they're going to walk into camp with. Um, I also think that they're ready to make a move at any time if the right move comes along. I think they are sitting on it. Uh, okay, so hey, if you are right now, if you're watching... Uh, of course, we're doing a live show tonight, which we don't always do here on the King's Beat podcast. I love it. Yeah, so we got uh, like 140-something people in the, in uh, watching us live, so make sure you give us a thumbs up uh, and subscribe. And if you have not uh, jumped on board with the King's Beat, we, of course, have Off the Record with the King's Beat Virtual Happy Hour Part 8. Let's get physical tomorrow with uh, Pete Youngman from 530 to 730. Uh Oh, I love the God. chuckle. Yeah. No, well, I don't mean to take away from that, but it just gave me a, a physical reaction. Speaking of physical, to see nine one six collector talk about hot dog straws was that not the most disturb- oh, one of the most disturbing gosh. videos? I've I think seen baseball like jumped up. What the hell happened with baseball this weekend? It things got crazy, especially at the Coliseum, man. Yeah, that we had the three hundred decks. No joke. Yeah, the three hundred deck. I don't even know Ooh. what. The, yeah, I mean. Uh, Talk about yeah. Mile High Club. Yeah, what do you say there? I mean, I guess like, hey, the baseball is not interesting to watch. Like, you you can't see any player names from up there, and you wouldn't know who the players were anyway. So, you might as well figure out something to do. But uh, yeah, that was that was wild. Um, that was the hot dog. That was wild. I, what is happening here? What what but is he? He did the hot dog move so casually too. Like he's done it plenty oh, of times yeah. before. You know, he's it pro. was. Yeah, it was very quick. He punched a straw through it, and then he ate the bit that he punched through with the well, straw. He had to by the because way, because it was inside As the straw. Do. Yeah, he doesn't As have to. Do. He could get rid of like I don't know. I don't know. It was <laughs> it was very disturbing. And then you mentioned you know Gerson Rosas light in the stands. It was it was, it was a pretty crazy. Jeez, day. my guy. Oof, yikes! <laughs> Throwing names out there. How about? Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, man, that was just so weird. And I don't know. You know what? I shouldn't say it. I'm, hold on. Maybe I'll think this one through. We're live. We're live, about, Sean. We are live. Yeah, let me. Sean, I know the say. red vine straw. The red vine, Miguel brings up a good straw. I've I seen like that. doing like, the red vine. I like the red vine straw. Yeah, but like, what do you put it in? You're not putting it in water. No, or a, a soda. Beer. No, it's a, a. it goes great with like a Coke. Yeah, yeah. So, no, I get God, that. But gross. then it gets, you know, it gets. It, it's not like it leaches in or anything. I mean, the I'll straw freezes like over, I, kind of. If, if I went the rest of my world, the rest of my life without another hot dog, as someone who's who's covered sports as long as I have, um, 
I'd be just fine. I, I, if someone says, Sean, guess what? No more hot dogs the rest of your life. I'd be like, cool. That would not, that would not bother me in the least. <laughs> Especially after seeing something as vile as that guy sucking a beer through. Oh, I can't even. Uh, no. Through a hot dog. Yeah, that yeah, was bad. That was so yeah, gross. Yeah. We got, we got sidebar. The glizzies, as we know. Yeah, we damn sure did. We got sidebar. That was you, Sean. You got us sideways here. Okay, so hey, yeah, was... Sean, just because we're going we're gonna to have him on tomorrow night, uh, what are you looking forward to asking Mr. Pete Youngman? <laughs> are the Chiefs going to be any goddamn good this year? Because yeah, you know he'll give a you one. a soliloquy. He'll, he will he will give you a thorough answer on that one. So me and up. him go at it about Patrick Mahomes because everyone I, I love Patrick Mahomes. He's my quarterback in fantasy in our keeper league, and our team name is Rolling with Mahomes. Um, so like I'm a big fan of Mahomes, but there are times when he disengages like no other player I've ever seen at the NFL level, where it just looks like he's totally disinterested and like hanging out at a park. And throwing, you know, frisbees at dogs, not not looking to complete anything. Um, and Pete totally disagrees with me. Oh, no, he's in it. I'm like, no, no. I, I, that's a glazed over look like when you're in row 300 in the, in the Oakland Coliseum. That's what I see, a glazed over look. So, uh, but yeah, uh, we will ask him about the Chiefs. Anything else, like like real stuff, Sean? Uh, I... I, uh, to be honest, I'm actually just well, – there's a lot of things that will pop up into my mind. I, I think some of the Bill Jones stories will be phenomenal. I don't know if people really realize, like, what an impact Jonesy, who was a longtime Kings trainer for years and years and years uh, from, like, 85 on, and he's somebody who molded the career of, of Pete Youngman and, and these guys who, you know, you think they have the, the – you know, they have the athlete's best interest at hand at heart all the time, but – their role as a goes so far beyond as an athletic trainer. I mean, there's things as simple as superstitions, pregame stuff, uh, you know, things Rick Adelman used to ask him to, to keep track of. So I think some of those stories will be fun. I mean, I, some of them just rekindling uh, stories I've heard of long ago that I'd forgotten. Obviously, I'll bring up Marty McNeil with him, who I was such a uh, big fan of and, uh, you know, fortunate enough to call him a friend. So Marty McNeil, for those who don't know, was a former uh, beat writer for the Sacramento Bee, covering the team for such a long time with likes of, like, Lionel Simmons and Mitch Richmond, Wayman Tisdale. Old Apollonies. Yeah, Opus, Opus, my guy Opus. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, man, like uh, some of those things. And and I just – for me, it'll be fun because – I, I, I know too much. Like I, I know too many stories already. I think it'll be fun to have, honestly, not you, James, me, or Brendan talk to Pete. I really want to hear him interact with these Kings fans that, that, you know, pay good money to be part of this Kings beat and, and be part of the happy hour and, and not so much hear from us. I want to hear, have them have that, that opportunity to pick the brain of someone like Pete, Pete Youngman. Cause he was, around for so long he knows so many things um and and for me selfishly just sitting back and and just listening so i think i'm gonna have a lot of fun doing that more so than anything yeah he was the heart and the soul of the franchise like one of those types of guys like you you don't like when people talk about the culture of a team they don't take into consideration a guy like pete youngman who um he he convinced all of his his guys to continue their education to where like most of the guys that worked underneath him 
had PhDs. Like that's you're, where you're, he, just, you're talking about the athletic, the, the, the staff, not like, not like no, players and stuff. The like staff. That. Yeah. yeah. His yeah, staff, yeah. like Manny Romero had, uh, had a, a PhD. He, he just, he pushed them to better themselves. Just a, a really, really good man. And I think people are going to be really excited to like, hear his stories, uh, hear what he has to, you know, what he thinks about, you know, the team where it is now. And, uh, he can get into the G league a little bit, but not a ton. Um, just because again, the G league is kind of it's well, the ignite is kind of its own little entity and, and they do kind of have like a direct, you know, guys are, you know, they fall under a certain category and he does not do PR for that, for those guys. And so he kind of stays out of it. But outside of that, he's, he's going to be a, uh, a, a an incredible guest to get like, uh, Brendan, you weren't around him, but is there anything that you're excited? I mean, of course you've seen like some of the, the way that he like was a father figure for Harry Giles and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I think just another perspective of some of the personalities of these players and, and all the interactions that he was able to have with, with so many different players that wore Sacramento Kings jerseys. And I'm sure there's, there's fun stories there that that'll get out and, if I can get a little bit on the differences between Ignite and Sacramento, I'll be I'll be pretty happy. I'm curious about the Ignite, so we'll see what we get there. Yeah, there is something I'll, I'll ask about the Ignite that I've talked to some of the other people that I know that are around that that uh, franchise. Being around players that are coming from high school, or I think they've even had like two guys that are two year uh, Ignite players. Scoot so like, Henderson. Yeah, Scoot Henderson. Well, that means he came to them as like a 16-year-old or a 17-year-old. But there's, you know, NBA guys are so used to onboarding like freshmen in college or second-year or third-year guys um, to onboard these kids with their parents still around and like they're not legal. Like they have to have parental guidance and, and all this stuff. I, I really want to get into some of the nuances of what it means to be part of that Ignite team. Because I think th those are the things that people don't think about. Like people are handing their their teenage kids that aren't like 18 years old, they're not adults, and they're handing them over to a, the G League and saying, all right, let's see what happens here. And, and I think it's really interesting how they, they do all of this, how, how they take in some of these guys. And I think I, mean, I know it's changed some perspectives. Yeah, and it, it, it they it's like a college program, you know. These players who don't go yeah. to college and would rather make money, they treat it a lot like a college program. And they're moving from Walnut Creek to Henderson, Nevada, because you know last year, even though they were based in Walnut Creek, they were playing all their games in Vegas. So um, it, it, there's some interest. There's some interest around them. I th you know always they're gonna have some. They're gonna have great talent because they're not affiliated with any one team, and I think that's kind of a, a uniqueness to them. But you know, Pete's a guy that I said Pete's a guy, like Pete's a guy. Uh, oh, Pete is a guy, yeah. Uh, who, like, I don't t typically love because I think Kings fans love doing this too much, or maybe it's just the media. But for whatever reason, I think they just glom on to that the glory days so much. And certainly, Pete was a huge part of that. He's one of the few exceptions I'll make to where you know I love stories from yesteryear, but I just sometimes hate how. Kings fans will just hold on like move like at some point you want to move on a little bit um and I know there's not a lot it's like the only glory day that they have so I, I get it but um it gets a little in my opinion I maybe not everybody shares this but sometimes it just gets a little 
like okay this is this is you need to move on and and to be honest there's other great stories in the years of of king's history i know there's only eight winning seasons out of what we're going into 37 now is this 37 yeah yeah uh yep 37 i mean which is just incredible to think about like it's depressing but there's really good stories out there and and king's fans you know that's the best part about them is they're so loyal through thick and thin and i just wonder like how many times do you have to go back to the 0102 king season like there's granted a lot happened there and you probably were going to win a championship we get it but like there's other great seasons too and there there's you know i feel like you can always you don't have to always go down that same road every single single time but he's one of those few exceptions i love to you know you can go back there because he he's for people who don't know it's not like athletic trainers are able to speak on the record a lot in fact they're even they're not supposed to really speak to the media much at all um, so our interactions with Pete Youngman throughout the, you know, the, the years of, of, um, him being around the Kings for most media members was a cordial one, but it was also a very brief one where it's like, Hey Pete, how you doing? You know, keep it moving. And, it, and it's, you're not really sitting down and getting an in-depth interview with the guy. He might be able to help explain an injury a little bit for context, which was, you know, things like that was helpful, um, but off the but, record. But but a lot of a lot of NBA or not it's not a lot of every NBA team doesn't want their athletic trainers to speak with the media. You can have a cordial relationship. You can come up and you can you know shoot the shit about baseball and football and things of that nature. And that's how you get to know someone. So yeah, it's a, it's a fresh, interesting perspective because it doesn't come from a player, a coach, or a media member. And so the, and they're around everything. They're the lifeblood of the team. So um, it's, there's a fly on think, the wall. Yeah, man, I don't think we've uh, done a bad job selling this one because it, it will definitely live up, live up to the uh, the membership, even if you're only jumping on for 30 days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, you're crazy if you're not jumping on. So, again, if you want to be part of the, the event tomorrow, it's Thursday, what is it, August 25th um, from 530 to 730. Uh, if you send, if, if you jump on board by, like, 4 o'clock, 4 p.m. Uh, Pacific time, I can still get you a link. After that, it gets a little dicey. I had people literally try to get on and like become members like as the thing's starting, and I'm, I'm trying to manage like a million things. While I'm trying to get a drink, I'm trying to like get an old-fashioned or or a martini going, and uh, like I get distracted by, by some people trying to jump on board late. Uh, Brendan, uh, we're going to do Factor Cap. What, you got anything for us? Oh. I do. I actually have Fact some listener-submitted Factor Caps. Oh. And I'll start by saying if anybody else wants to submit them, I'm going to encourage that in, in these YouTube comments, and maybe we touch on them in further episodes. But this is from Tom for Life on Twitter. And How do you it, spell life? L-I-F-E. Oh, I thought so, it might have been L-Y. As is. You know? No. Okay. No, not cool like enough. Tom I take it back, Tom. <laughs> For life, L-I-F-E, L-Y-F-E. Go ahead. There you go. His factor cap is DeMontis Sabonis will have three or more 20 rebound games next year. And for context, for context, he had three last year, one with Sacramento in the 15 games that he played. The year prior, he only had two. The year before that, he only had one. He's had six total in his career. Three of them came last year. Factor cap, he'll have three or more 20 rebound games next year with the Kings. Yeah, I'm in. I'm fact. Yeah. Sabonis? Yeah. 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 
Yeah, he's going to I Yeah. I will say, uh, Brendan, I'm actually – I didn't think it was that few. I thought he had more than that. Um, I, I knew he had three this year, um, but I actually thought he had had more. So that's a little surprising to me. It kind of makes me hes- uh, hesitate a tad, but no, I think he's definitely going to get. I think he's definitely going to do that. I think he'll have seven or eight. Like really? I know seven that's or eight twenties, twenty rebound games. Yeah. No, no, that's cap. <laughs> he ain't getting that many. Yeah, I, I think he will. Like I, I don't think twenty twenties, but like maybe twenty. Seven like or he, eight he might 20s? have like four or five twenty twenties, but yeah, yeah. I, I oh, think. Oh man, that's a lot. I think it'll be easy. Yeah. I I think that. I'm a little curious. Like Sean said, I also was surprised to see he only had six in his whole career. But I think that with Sacramento's roster next year, and they've struggled to rebound the ball like a lot, a lot in years prior, I think it kind of will come down to is is there an aspect of like what we've seen with Russell Westbrook in years prior and Steven Adams where he's boxing out and letting other people get bored sometimes? Is that part of the scheme here and there? Um, I I think probably not with Sabonis in my mind, since unlike Adams, Sabonis is somebody that can get the board and sort of run the break himself and hit that outlet pass at a pretty high rate. So uh, I went with fact on this one too, but I was a little surprised that there were only six throughout the course of his career. But you don't believe he's going to get this like seven. I think he's doubling that at least. Oh, doubling I'll, the six of his career i'll say like five you're the guy who thinks he's gonna score like 21 a game sean I yeah I, I that's what i if i i would love that for him because i think he needs to for one i think he needs to be more of a selfish scorer in that regard um obviously you still run the ball through him he's a brilliant passer uh, just incredible but i think particularly in the in the what was it just 15 games mm-hmm. was it 15 yeah I, I saw enough to where I'm like, shoot the ball, be a scorer, be a factor, be selfish, be dominant. Um, you know, that to me will coincide with a lot of success, I feel. Um, and I feel like you've got the shooting around you, which is great. You, you, you surround him with shooters. But I, I would like to personally see him be a, a more aggressive scorer. Yeah, while we're on this, uh, Cool Raul asked, are you guys going to watch Sabonis during Eurobasket? I know Brendan has been watching it and screen recording it and putting stuff out there because uh, he's obsessive and like maybe compulsive. No I don't know. Like, <laughs> no. yeah, you're out there doing it, but uh, you, what are you, what are you seeing, Brendan? Like, I've seen some of the assists. Some of the assists are nuts. I mean, Sabonis is so fun to watch. Like, first yeah, of all, is. and I am just excited to get what 60, 70 games of him next year. Um, I mean, he gets. I mean, they're playing. Finland in those first two games and you know we had that little trying to guess who was on on the Finnish team and Laurie Markman was the only name that we ended up coming up with he didn't play in the second game and Lithuania went on a 21 to 1 run to start the game and never really looked back but then game three that I just got to which I'm just kind of getting caught up here they played against Spain which is better competition I mean they're going to him in the post a lot and he's playing alongside Jonas Valanciunas as the four and they're getting staggered a lot so there's still a lot of Sabonis playing at the five but he's getting doubled the second he catches it in the post not even on the dribble Um, and great decision making from there obviously I think the negative that stands out to me as much as you want to call it a negative is that like 
he doesn't look like that. There were multiple times in these couple games that I've watched so far where it's like he probably should have shot that three, but he still looks a little bit hesitant. And I know there's better shots for Sabonis. I don't know necessarily that I want him to have a super quick trigger from three. There was one he got the ball like two seconds left and ended up hot potatoing it to the guy next to him, and it was a shot clock violation. And it's like, ah, oh, you need to get that shot up. And the, and there's a lot of talk about him kind of reworking his shot, but the, doesn't look super confident from beyond the arc. But outside of that, and, and again, small sample size, of course. Outside of that, I mean, it's just like as expected and ad advertise, as advertised with Sabonis, which is phenomenal. Like, great passing, can run the break himself in the open court. Uh, sets up shooters really well, makes a nice connecting pass. His screens are ridiculous, and I think that's going to be one of the more underrated aspects that he brings to the Sacramento team next year. So um, I'm getting caught up here. <laughs> the The way the screens work, especially if you want to use them high, though, it, 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 he's got to be able to hit the three ball. So, you know, you well, got to pull the big man out to, to actually – you know, if herders coming off screens or monks coming off screens, you, you need him. Like, if they're going to pull from from deep, you, you need you definitely need him to hit one here and there. So. But in the NBA too, like I think that's people watch. They have to they have to understand that this is a different game. Rules oh yeah, are even different. So, um, like to to Brendan's point about hesitating on the three, like he's playing alongside Valanciunas a lot. So, you know, they're getting inside. They're 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 there's no, you know, the, the the international game is different than the NBA game in a lot of rules, a lot of, it's a little bit more oh, physical. Yeah. So, yeah, this is a, uh, it, it's a glimpse and you, his, his skill set's on display and it's still basketball at the end of the day, but I would just caution people to remember that it is a different game than the NBA, but it should still get people excited because, yeah, you only got 15 games worth of uh, him in a Kings uniform last year and I want to see a lot more than that. Yeah, I think the first game in a Kings uniform, everyone was like, oh, my gosh, look how good he is. I remember my son was at the game sitting down below us and kept looking back like, oh, my gosh, did you see that? Um, I, before we get to the next factor cap, I, I want to ask you, Brendan, have you, did you ever get to watch his dad play? Have you gone back and watched uh, Arvidas Sabonis? No, I've seen clips, uh, but that's about it. Holy cow. Like well, watching that guy pass was nuts, and he had no knees. I mean, basically walk straight legged. Like it, it was, it was not good. But his, not to take his anything, ability. not to take anything away from Arvidas Sabonis, but Demonis is so much more skilled, so much more fun. Well, he's um, a modern day. Yeah, yeah. man. And he's yeah. like the. It's a prototype. You know, it's like the prototypical big man that you would want in in the NBA right now, and he's just incredibly skilled. Yeah. There's a decent yeah. size difference between them too, right? Wasn't Arvidas oh, yeah. at seven two? Dude, Arvidas's head was bigger than anybody else on the floor. Yeah, seven <laughs> two, but probably that like three hundred pounds, probably at least. I mean, he was just a hulking man. Uh, he is. I mean, he's still a huge man. Uh, yeah, but watching him, you need to watch a bunch of clips of him, uh, both in Europe and uh, you can watch some Trailblazer clips. He was so fun to watch. It was, you're just in awe. And the the next guy who really did that was Vlade, and that's where you started to see that that passing big man that just wasn't around the game before that. Uh, How about all right, Megan? Let, Megan was right. Park and pass. That was it. you park and you pass. That's exactly what Arvidas did, and he looked like he was running, but that guy was just such a behemoth, man. Just a huge. And he would hold the ball in one hand, and he would just hand. sit there and like act like yep. he was going to throw it all over the place. And you see Domas do it on occasion. 
and it like instantly looks just like his dad. It, it's fun yeah. to watch. Yeah, I, I will say also before the next factor cap, I caught a little bit of the beginning of one of Nigeria's games, and there is Chemezi Metu playing. There is no KZ Akpala or Chima Moneke. Oh. Um, and I believe that Mike Brown is coaching that team as well. It, it said that on their site, and I believe I saw him. It's pretty hard. They didn't zoom in on Mike Brown, so I didn't get the greatest view. But I believe that's what's going on. Uh, I watched about five minutes. Chemezi Metu uh, took the first three, four shots for his team, didn't make a single one, and got a little bit of PTSD and decided to just focus on Sabonis for a second. But I think Metu is their leading scorer currently, and uh, but he's somebody that – I'll get to those games as well and, and kind of interesting to watch throughout this offseason. Next factor, Cap? Yeah, yeah let's, let's do, do it. it. Next one I got, also submitted by Tom for Life, by the way. Sacramento will have three players that shoot at least 38% from three. And we're talking decent volume. I'm not giving you Rashawn Holmes making two of four or anything like this. And context, HB last year, 39.4%. Malik Monk last year, 39.1. Kevin Herter last year, 38.9. If you want to, Trey Lyles, 36.5 during his time with the Kings. And I threw TD in there as well. Not last year, but the year before, he shot 37.2% from three. So factor cap that the Sacramento Kings will have at least three players that shoot 38% or better from beyond the arc. That's a fact, Jack. Yeah, (laughs) because Keegan Murray is going to be in there. I think they'll have four. I think they have four players that shoot 38 or better. Yeah. Yeah. I think three for sure. I think definitely three. I agree. Cap, or excuse me, fact. Cap, I don't know if I'm going to go with four, though. I don't think I can do four. Definitely three. Definitely, definitely three. three. Yeah, three definitely, for sure. Definitely three. De- definitely. Definitely, Rain Man. De, uh, De baby says Cap. How about that? Excuse oh. baby Daddy. He says Cap. baby Daddy. <laughs> Explain okay. yourself, sir. Explain yourself. I got caught up in looking at guys' numbers from years prior that I somehow forgot Keegan in this exercise. And I think when I didn't include Keegan, I initially went with Cap, actually. You know because what? Because you had, you had Keon Ellis on your mind. That's it's true. Yeah, yeah. I should have. I but don't you think Keon Ellis is going to shoot 38% or better? In G League, he's putting up 45%, but we'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> I, I just think that... It's a high marker. Like, the Kings have a lot of good shooters, but, like, one of these guys is going to sit at, like, 37 or something in my mind. I don't know. I, I just thought that betting on every single one of those guys to repeat that exact same number when they're getting relied on to space the floor so much, and in my mind, like, Kevin Herter's going to have a greater volume this year. And last year, that that 38.9% was the best that he shot in his career. Like, he's a good three-point shooter, don't get me wrong, but 38's a pretty high marker. Like... I think that before I had remembered Keegan that I, I went with Cap with this, but with Keegan in the mix as well, I think like one of those guys will stoop before stoop below 38, but I, I guess I'm going with Cap here as well. I mean, a uh, fact. Fact. Okay. Uh, Meg had – oh, and, and Meg said uh, that we're sleeping on Terrence Davis. Um, I, where did that go? Uh, there we are. Y'all are sleeping hard on TD. Um, like, look, I, I think Terrence Davis has a ton of skill. I, I just have a hard time seeing how he fits on the court. What kind of dog is that, Megan? <laughs> Sorry, that so was a beautiful dog on the on the screen. So I had sort of ask. rat terrier. 
Oh, don't call it a rat. <laughs> a beautiful dog shapes like it's a not, rat. It's not a Yorkie. <laughs> Might have been a Yorkie. No. Yeah, look at that. Look at that guy. That's a distinguished gentleman, right? I had a Yorkie. I, that's It's a terrier, but it's I'm not sure which of the terriers. Okay. Factor <laughs> okay. cap. Let's go. We last got one I got for you guys. Last one I got for you guys. This is a last-minute addition after the trade that just, just took place. The Sacramento Kings will win more games than the Los Angeles Lakers. Why do you do this? Why Why do you do this? Can I start? Because I'm always following up. Well, yeah, he's let's hear it. Gonna, he's going to keep laughing at your own joke. You just it's asked Cap. the question and answered it for us. I think before Pat Bev even got traded there, like I am not betting against Anthony Davis and LeBron James compared to the Kings. Like I, I just do. can't do it. I can't do it. I know they looked horrible last year. They still ended up better than the Kings. Like to me, it's pretty easily cap even before they made any moves. What do you got, Sean? Uh, again, like this is such a this is such a difficult thing to. I mean, it, it, I just don't know what you're in store for. There's so many question marks. This isn't a. You know, last year I was very confident. I didn't like any of the moves, and I was like, this team's not going to be good. Guess what? I was right. I didn't want to be right. Um, I have a lot of reservations right now, and there's a part of me that really wants to see it first. Uh, I don't bet on a lot of success with first-time head coaches. So from that – not first time, but first time within their new team. So I will say while they are improved, and DeBaby has definitely uh, uh, made it out there, uh, made, made, you know – he shows that the Kings do have a better team. I agree. I do think they've added pieces, but they add pieces every year. I think these are better pieces than most years, but I just I don't know how it equates to wins and losses yet. So, yeah, man, waffling. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm waffling here. I I think I'm just I'm with Brendan. I don't think I can necessarily bet against LeBron, AD, all that. Um, but again, I think they could. I think they very much could. But if I'm betting on it, yeah, I'm going to bet against it. So if I'm betting on it, I'm going to say fact. I don't really? have faith that Anthony Davis can play more than 50 games. Um, I think that the Russell Westbrook situation is going to be strange. If they go out and they make a trade, which, again, I don't know why Indiana would make this deal, but if I guess to get off of a couple of years of Buddy Hield or something, but if you're going to trade Buddy Hield and Miles Turner – uh, for Russell Westbrook, then I think that they're a better team than, than the Kings and will win substantially more games. Um, but I, I just don't trust him. I mean, what is LeBron, like 37? I, I know he doesn't sl- seem to slow down, but eventually you slow down. And I don't know that he he can carry a team again and again and again like he had to last year. And I have yet to see a player that I on their roster that I really think, when I look at them, I think, oh, like they can go to that guy for any amount of time. I just don't see it. Like, here's the thing. <coughs> excuse oh, me. Good Bless God. God. Sorry, it's that. live, and I was on a different <laughs> tab, and I couldn't get over there. And couldn't pause. <laughs> oh my God. And, yeah, brains that, everywhere. That's a small oh. sneeze by James standard. Like, okay. The Lakers sucked last year because LeBron and AD got hurt, right? Yeah. Right? 
I, yeah. So, so like, what happens? And again, I don't want to put that juju out there, but let's say there's injuries with the Kings. You know, it, it, this is why it's pissing in the wind. I don't. That's why I, you know, I'm always hesitant to do this, especially with a team you don't know. And I had to explain that a couple weeks ago, where it's like you have players that are that your your core rotation is is impacted. You made a, you've only had 15 games with Sabonis. I don't. We don't have a huge sample size with him with Fox. What we what we've seen for the most part, we've liked, right? But again, it's not adding a piece here to a, to an already well-oiled machine. A lot has to go right for this team to succeed, and that's why, again, not to sound like the pessimist, but sixteen straight losing. So NBA TV had a graphic the other day, and I hope I'm getting this right. But you have sixteen straight losing seasons, right? Do you know what second place was? Well, it's only in like- terms of the most. It's right. only like four current three years. <laughs> yes, four. And four. then like they had a top. I think it was top four or five. Like fourth and fifth were two. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so but that's like, that's after last year. Uh, there were there it were a handful is. of teams that had their. But it's their also a, just a it's a real life illustration to show just how awful this organization has been. So yeah, it, it, pardon me if I'm not a believer yet. <laughs> No, I totally get that. I just think that, like, again, we're looking at over the last four seasons, um, so a potential, what is it, 300 and, geez, 310, 314 games. Uh, Anthony Davis has played 194. He played 40 games last season, 36 a year before. He only missed 10 the year before that, but he missed 26 a year before that. LeBron is going to be 38 in December. Um you know, like you can't turn back the hands of time and right. also say this, like Lonnie Walker to me is, is not a great player. And I, I think Malik Monk is a considerably better player than Lonnie Walker. I don't think they got better until they got the bad Bev deal done. And even that, how much better did you get by adding like a 33, 34 year old Pat Bev? That's what I'm not I sure. Said. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, you got better, but how much better is going to be a question but if that's like your power move for the entire off season, cause that's what it is. Like what Damian Jones power move, you know, they ended up signing. Who did they sign besides Damian Jones at center? Juan Toscano Anderson. Oh, Thomas Bryant was their other big. Yeah. Okay. Like tell me a, a move that, that they did that moved the needle at all. Tell me a player that well, they got. That's better than Herter Monk or Keegan Murray. Yeah. And look, we don't, Again, I think it's pretty clear. We don't love what the Lakers are doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they might be more interested. Again, they're more more healthy if they have a healthy season, whatever. I will say this for the people that, that don't like the fact that I don't play along so often with these games, especially when we're a month away from training camp. I will promise you this. I will make a preseason before the season starts. I will make a win total prediction like I do every year. And, again, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back here. It, it tends to skew a little lower than what most people do. And I'm usually right when it comes to it. So I hope to God that I'm wrong because that means we have a pretty fun season in store for us, right? Um, so I really do hope I'm wrong. But I will promise the people who say that Sean doesn't play along. Um, I just don't play along in August when we're a month away from training camp. Let's get to training camp. But before the season, I promise I will make a bold proclamation that will be wrong. Will you Maybe use the word wrong. should? Bold proclamation. No, I will never use the word should. I will say I think <laughs> the Kings will win this because the Kings <laughs> should 
not be considered probable <laughs> to do anything. Yeah, and I'm being a contrarian. I got lost in my words. I'm being a contrarian just to be a contrarian. I have no idea which of these teams is going to win more between the Lakers and Kings. Um, but I like the potential and I like the vibe around the Kings a lot more than I like what's happening down in L.A. Yeah, I think a lot for me has to do with what happens with Westbrook because he kind of seems to be the dark cloud there. And, you know, I kind of think that some of their moves on the fringes are okay. Like, I agree uh, that Malik Monk is definitely better than Lonnie Walker. I still think Lonnie Walker can have an okay impact. Like, Thomas Bryant was really good before he went down. I know he had a substantial injury, but he could be something. Damian Jones could be something like Juan Toscano Anderson, Troy Brown, like... These aren't names that are popping off the page, but I think that when you have these other high-usage players around them, that maybe they could fit a little bit. Um, It's just about kind of what happens with Westbrook, and then the other big question is, like James pointed out, obviously Anthony Davis's health, because when he's healthy, I think he's a legitimate MVP candidate when he's actually healthy and moving at full speed. And, you know, LeBron's injury last year, like how much of that had to do with Things were already going downhill, so he's going to take it a little bit easy. He's not somebody that usually has too many injury problems or anything like that. So I think a lot of it has to do with Westbrook. Um, and, yeah, again, it's just it's hard to bet on against these sort of stars. And also worth noting that the same way that the Kings have this new coach and there's going to be an adjustment period there, the Lakers got to deal with the same thing. No, it's Absolutely. very true, man. It's very true. And – they have an inexperienced new coach that's never coached a game in his life. And uh, it's kind of like, you know, Utah is the same thing. Um, and I really like Darvin Ham, but at the same time, that's, you're right. It's, uh, it's a risk. Also, they also have an on-court coach in LeBron James, who's an otherworldly talent, even at the age that he is. And as we all know, not only does he and his organization run the Lakers, but they coach the Lakers too. So yeah, but he with needs... all respect to... He needs the four three-point shooters that shoot 38% or more. He does. Like, for a guy who's the GM of that team, too, like, why didn't you go trade for yourself a couple of shooters, bro? Well, you know what happened? And I think it's very simple. You are living out the reality of the mistakes you made in years past. Yeah. You know, because, again, would you like to move Russell Westbrook? Probably. I think think we can all bet that they would all love to move him doing so is entirely difficult you know so it's a it's a tough personality it's a tough player to move um and they wanted him so now you're stuck with him in a way so here you go yeah you gotta you're reaping the you're reaping the rewards of the mistakes that you've made so Hmm. it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't show that he you know it's not to say that he's a you know a flawless gm of course there's tons of flaw there but Man, not good from last year. You're coming into this season. You better hope you stay healthy. I mean, he couldn't even get his boy J.R. Smith to come back. Like, (laughs) well, no, but at least he would have a 38% three-point shooter. Uh, Was that the last factor cap? That was the last one. That was the last one. Uh, Come on. You you know what's a fact there is Brendan's got a sick Niners lid on right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah. Lots of the players rocking this. I think it's technically not Niner specific, but a lot of Niner players have been wearing it. So that's what I was inspired by. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, Okay. So we're going to get out of here in just a minute. Before we go, um, I'll give you guys like 30 seconds to put in questions because we are doing a live show. Uh, So if you're in the the chat section and you want to ask a question really quick, 
Um, also, if you're going to join us tomorrow on the Kings Beat Virtual Happy Hour, make sure to like send me over a couple of questions uh, beforehand so we have some things that you guys might want to hear from uh, from Mr. Uh, from Mr. Pete Youngman. All three of us are wearing hats. Yes, DB, we're all wearing hats. I'm a trendsetter. Um, yeah, Sean is is a trendsetter. Uh, when will we can see I, the city uh, jerseys? Can I share something here in a second? Uh-oh. I'll keep going. I want to. Well, you know, it just reminded me that uh, since we last spoke, I did an interview with uh, Gabe Vincent, and and he was back in town in Stockton. Obviously, he works out here in Sacramento. But I want to share. I'm going to put it in the chat actually because. I want to share this, not necessarily just to get clicks, but I realized um, earlier today that I didn't share on Twitter or on any social media platform him talking about the relationship he has with a lot of guys that are on the on the Kings, like Mike Brown, uh, Chima Moneki, Casey Akpala, stuff like that. So oh, cool. I'm going to, yeah, I, I didn't share it. And I feel like since there are 122 people in here, they can, I don't know if that, just copy that in there, but that's the full interview. And uh, there's some good stuff in there. I think Gabe is one of those guys that uh you know we love talking about guys that don't have traditional paths to the nba and making the most of it and this is a big year for him yeah um i don't see it popping up in the chat here but uh i'll make sure i put it in the description down below so you guys can watch that stuff oh i put it in the youtube chat sorry oh i'm not in the youtube chat so i'm not watching that mess so (laughs) i'm just watching here in Streamyard. um yeah uh let's see um Oh, the other thing was, uh, I think it happened afterwards. Um, I did get an update on Keegan Murray, and Keegan Murray is actually improving. Uh, he's able... What's that? Update. Well, it's an update. I mean, like, yeah, yeah he, he's on the cord. Uh, he is using both hands. He's using either hand. He's using whatever hands you want. Um, but he's able to shoot with both his right and left hand. Um, where he was not able to before after having the wrist procedure. Uh, so, like, he is, uh, like, he's on track. He's on track to be ready for training camp, and he should uh, be totally fine there. Um, I don't think. Uh, anything else you guys got? Do we have any final thoughts? Oh, playing, we haven't. Playing Buddy Healed four times a year would be pretty funny if he got moved to the Lakers. I think calling it funny is one way to describe it. I, I don't know how it would go. I feel like we've talked about this before, um, but I'm not sure if he would try to do too much or if he would go crazy. Okay. There's no in-between to me. It, it's one or the other. I want to see Hollywood, buddy. Yeah. That would be something. Hollywood Shivano. Yeah, I, I, I do want to see Hollywood Shivano. Uh, Shivano does Hollywood. I think that's how we would describe that. <laughs> um, yeah, that that would be intriguing. Um, we did not do uh, uh, the business of basketball. Um, and so I'm just going to hit it really quick. Uh, and I'm going to ask the same question that we've asked so many times. We're starting to see some movement. We're starting to see a potential for trades. Are the Kings done? Will they make a transaction, a major transaction between now and training camp? What do you guys got? A major transaction. How about I'm going with no. You're going with no? I'm saying no. I think yeah, that, you're uh, month away. Yeah, they've got 20. I think midseason, sure. But before training camp, I'm going with no. Sean? Well, uh, I, I I think I might still hedge a little bit here towards the it, it's entirely possible. 
uh, I think you know we talked about how things kind of got clogged up a bit. So I'm curious to see if anything with Donovan Mitchell kind of happens. Not necessarily to Sacramento, but maybe to where Sacramento can jump on and be a be a um, third team or something like that. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next two weeks. I feel like there's a good possibility something could happen. Um, but if we get like to second week of September, I would imagine probably not at that point. Just so we'll ask like the, that. again then. We'll ask again then. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll lean towards, yeah. I think there's a, a move that could be made, yeah. Oh. You know what? I, I kind of, I'm, I'm right down the middle, like 50-50. I, I think that it's very possible. I think they know that this team isn't guaranteed anything. And there, there might be a move out there that makes you feel like you can guarantee yourself a playoff spot. And if you can do that, I think they'll do it. Um, yeah. So, uh, okay. Um, we're going to wrap this thing up. Um, live streams. We love doing live streams. Uh, make sure you're giving us a thumbs up. Make sure you're subscribing down below. Uh, but live streams are one of those things that aren't exactly easy for us to do. It, it's a matter of like, you know, all of us getting on the same page on the same day. Um, again, last week I was on the radio all week and just impossible to do, to plan anything. Um, but we'll try to do live streams at least once or twice a month, maybe a little bit more if, if we get the opportunity. Um, even if like we're after a game and we have to do a late live stream to get a pod into you guys, we might do that once the season starts and we're all at the arena together hanging out. Um, so uh, do we have any final thoughts, Sean? Yeah, uh, I noticed there were a ton of people that were mentioning you and Kevin Herter. I have not seen you guys <laughs> in the same room. So I, I have not met Kevin Herter, them. no. And and everyone wanting me to stand up, they took the Winnie the Pooh joke a little too, <laughs> uh, too, yeah. uh, no, <laughs> too literally don't, there. No, I'm. Don't not, do I'm, it. Don't I'm do not it, Sean. Stand up. But I, I am wearing pants. It's all good. Sorry. To I triple dog dare you. Shirt. Oh, there was another guy, by the way, who said in the merch shop, and I, I echo this as a larger man. I would say yes. Let's get some three X merch in there. I think that needs to happen. Oh, okay. So people that are in the merch shop. Um, like, if you need a triple X, just buy a shirt and then and then uh, email me and tell me you need a triple, and I'll just order you a triple. So buy a double XL, and then when you get the email, just send me a response and tell me, hey, I need a triple. Like, and I have I have mentioned that before, um, but yeah, definitely. Um, timeline on guest. Well, Jason, we will have the off the record with the Kings Beat Virtual Happy Hour Part Eight. Let's get physical with Pete Youngman tomorrow uh, from 530 to 730. Uh, that is for, of course, premium subscribers only. Jason, I'm not sure if you are or not. I can't remember. Um, I know he's a, you're big in the, the chats with uh, with our guys, uh, D'Lo and Casey. Uh, Brandon, what do you got? Final thoughts? Uh, I hope Tyrese Halliburton doesn't have to play with Russell Westbrook for what it's worth. It's uh, the only thing I got, guys. I hope we get more news here soon. People, people Somebody really reminded me. The jerseys, the, the yes. Jerseys. I, 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 probably, I could probably have some news on that. Uh, oh? You get some on jerseys? Maybe. Yeah, DB, your boy Sean is much better at uh, the um, on, on uh, jersey stuff than I am. Like, to be honest, I'm, it's not something that I, I pay all that much attention to. Um, 
Will there be Olivia Newton-John intro music? No, Meg. Oh, too soon. Oh, too soon. (laughs) Come on, Meg. First of all, all due respect to Miss Newton-John, R.I.P. legend. Why the hell would we have intro music from her? Fun story, really quick, on the way out the door. Oh, here we go. My friend Matt Mayako, uh, NBC Mayako. He's a really good friend, but it's Mayoko. It's Mayoko. Yeah. Got you. Yeah. Uh, he, his book is right over my shoulder. Uh, worked with him at NBC for uh, a long time. Um, he used to have on his podcast, when I was the podcast coordinator for NBC, he had like Ren Fair music to open and close his podcasts. And it was someone had a friend of his had sent him stuff, but it was like literally like flutes were playing and like, but not like a, a cool flute, like a, like a, a flute being worn by someone with like a strange leather hat and billowy pants uh, somewhere. And like, I had to actually at one point go, okay, man, we gotta, we gotta kill the run for music. Uh, um, Megan brings up a good point, by the way. I did forgot let's get physical was her song. Gosh. Uh, I see what she did there now. Thanks, I'll see. Guys. Yeah. All right. All right. Maybe we will, maybe we will intro. Uh, we'll like, we'll do like sparklers and, like holding sparklers and here comes pete youngman and we'll like there he is he's here let's get physical uh man brennan doesn't know what that that song or who olivia newton john is yeah total off topic as i'm known to do (laughs) just because it just popped in our mind uh our good friend chris tavares who hopefully we'll have on the show at some point he's over at fox 40 with me and uh he's he for what I think it's him. I think it's because if I go out to eat with him, we keep in bark. We keep finding places that, especially if it's a Mexican restaurant, they're they're charging for chips and salsa. Why? Why is this happening? That's a violation, man. <laughs> like I want to leave if they charge us for cheap chips and salsa. We were at a the first time this happened. We were at a, a restaurant in between uh, the, when I joined. I had to join you guys uh, from from Santa Clara from our 49ers training camp, and went into a place. Mind you, there was nobody there, which is alarming in itself. Uh, but we that was the only place we had. We had to go very, very close to some place. And it was fine. Food was fine. But, like, they charge for chips and salsa. And there's several places that we've encountered since then that are charging for chips and salsa. Why is this happening? Is this a I, pandemic thing? I What's guess. Happening? I'm, like, like, I chips and salsa are one of my true vices in the world. Like, I love chips and salsa. Like, if I go out to a restaurant, I'm one of those people that, like, I need, like, four refills. Like, I, I'm that guy. I, I mean, I tip well, and, and you know, I run my tab up with liquor, and, and I, I get a big dinner. But I love chips and salsa. How can you charge? That That, that is blasphemy. There, I, will, I will say this. I don't, as someone wants me to put them on blast, I probably should. Just Don't do I, that. I, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Chipflation. I love it, Josh. Chipflation. There is, there is, yeah, chipflation, maybe. Uh, there, oh god damn! I just remembered too. Not only did they charge me for chips and salsa, but I was—I I am the guy that goes, "Hey, do you have any of that like really spicy one?" And you know, it's not the one they give everyone because not everyone's palate can can take it. I like spicy scorched. You're Scoville just built ratings. different, Sean. I, did, I'm built different. Yeah. Did they hit you with like so. seventy-five cents? They wanted you to pull like three uh, quarters out. No, it's like three dollars, bro. <laughs> what are we doing? <gasps> no. I, 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 I get it. So no, I will say that that the restaurant is. Um, Within a mile of of Levi Stadium, the other one, and maybe there's some sleuths out there, but there it, another one is a half mile or less 
from Golden One Center. I'll just keep it at that. Maybe very close to Golden <sighs> Sean, I'm pissed about this now. Like, I, know. I can't believe this is happening. We need a petition. We need a petition. Do not charge uh, for chips and salsa. I'm going to walk out next time. I'm going to ask him right when we get in the door. Hey, do you charge for your chips and salsa? I'm out. I'm, I'm out. If you next charge, is, Do out. you know who I am? No, that's not going to be that. I will say, like, no, like, like I trust me, I will, I will drop some coin. I'm not a cheap guy, but, like, there's some things that are just on genuine general principle, man, you should not be doing that. So sorry wow. for that tangent, fellas. I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. Like, I, I'm going gonna, gonna to protest. I'm going to make signs. Chipotle, you got to pay for chips and salsa. So that's okay because it's, it's just a to-go thing. I get it. Yeah, that's. I think that is different. Um, all right. So, Brandon, you're good. No more final thoughts outside of Sean's chips and salsa. No, a little, little hungry now, but that's, that's all I got. <laughs> Brandon, do you know the killers? I know the name. I, I'm sure I know songs, but I can't name them off my head. Sean, let, let go ahead and give us a little ditty. Uh, how about Mr. Brightside? Mm-hmm. All these things that I've done. Run, Runaways is my favorite. Run for Cover is probably my second favorite. Um, but yeah, I had a great, it's a great time. I actually made nice with one of the backup singers. Join the private uh, premium happy hour tomorrow, and I'll tell you all about it. Oh, we got a Good story. I'm, I'm writing that do. down, Sean, <laughs> at Killers. Got it. Um, there we go. Yeah, it will be. Uh, maybe we'll make a T-shirt of that and uh, you saving Paris Hilton. Um, oh, we got to get that picture on a T-shirt. That'd be fun. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Um, all right, well, that's going to do it for this edition of the Kings Beat Podcast. Make sure to give us a thumbs up before you get out of here. We still have a hundred people in here. Uh, subscribe um, if you're listening on Apple or wherever else. Give us a rating and a review. Those things help us. Uh, like five stars really cool like that'd be nice uh also again if uh you are up for an evening of amazing basketball conversation during the off season uh off the record with the king's beat virtual happy hour uh will be tomorrow night uh with the great pete youngman let's get physical uh is the name of this happy hour um we do not record the happy hours they are off the record so sean can tell wild stories james can tell wild stories um, Brennan can tell wild stories if he has any. Um, we've yet to have he's Brennan tell a wild yet. story. Yeah. I don't think Something he's had a wild story yet. Something about skipping a rock yet. across a pond and it skipped three times. I, I don't think he's ever skipped a rock <laughs> across <laughs> a pond, Sean. Like, they don't do that now. Don't Kids do that don't anymore. do that. Okay. I used to. All right. When he, All right. When he blew milk bubbles with his straw or something like that. <laughs> While he was watching Bugs Life. <laughs> Crazy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right well thanks everybody for tuning in uh for fox 40s sean cunningham and brendan nunez from the king's pulse podcast and the king's herald i am james buddy (laughs) (laughs) i am james hamby kings insider for espn 1320 and the king's beat we'll see you next week Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? 
What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.